You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1160. And that's the one thing to take away from the land business is dirt you're selling. So there's no such thing as a land emergency. And as long as you're buying it at the right price, there's almost nothing that can go wrong. Almost nothing that can go wrong with buying and selling raw vacant land. So there's no emergency. Take your time. It's going to be there no matter what. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome, Land Sharks. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Paul Brewer. He's been a firefighter for 18 years, but there's a unique quality about Paul. He's been married for seven. He has two amazing children. He has a 14-year-old son and 11-year-old daughter. He's firefighting and doing the entrepreneurship thing at the same exact time. But what I think about the most amazing thing is he's been married 17 years and he does land investing on the side. I actually had the pleasure of meeting Paul through another group, another investor group. And I just purchased a four parcels of land from him, which was an absolute pleasure. It came with all the due diligence. So he had already done all the legwork. He sent me photos and even video on some of those properties. And we are going to put them on our website. Actually, I think we've already pre-sold two uh, before we even have taken ownership of them. But it's been an amazing pleasure getting to know Paul. Paul, introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Hey, thanks, uh, Brent, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, like Brent said, been married for uh, 17 years, uh, been in the fire service for 18 years, got a couple kids, live up on five acres myself, so it kind of makes it really easy to help people realize their dreams of owning some land. Um, and uh, yeah, a few years ago, heard some podcasts about land flipping and uh, you know, thought I'd give it a try. I've always been interested in doing something entrepreneurial. As firefighters, we do have some extra days off. We work 48-hour uh, shifts and have four days off. So need something to fill the time and uh, never quite found something that resonated until uh, the whole land investing uh, business came along. And uh, once I got started, I was hooked. I love it. And, and you know, not a lot of people know about land investing. So that's why I love the fact that we're doing this podcast and, and presenting this to our listeners. You know, how long have you been investing in land, Paul? Uh, so my actual kind of, I'm trying to remember when I, I heard about it in 2018, didn't really get going until about the middle of 2019 or so got a little bit of material and tried to do stuff myself for about three or four months and was getting absolutely nowhere. And then while listening to one of the other random podcasts, entrepreneurial podcasts, I heard someone, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it was Basically, to become a master, you need to sit at the feet of masters or something like that. So I'm like, okay, well, when I take this seriously, I should probably pay for some training. So I did. And uh, somewhere in between deciding to pay for training and actually starting the training, I actually bought one piece of property. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can try and see if this model works before I go into training. And the day that training started, I sold that piece of property for cash and it paid for all of the training plus the marketing and acquisition of a couple more properties through the training process. So I'm like, okay, this is it. It works. It, it's time to dive in uh, head first here. So you took action. 
The exactly. biggest thing I heard right there is you started taking action roughly 2019. How long did it take you to do your first deal when you actually just made that decision to let's go, let's let's get some training, let's take action? Yeah. So my first deal was uh, in September of 2019, but I was still scattered at that point trying to get things lined up and, and you know follow the recipe like they say. So I didn't do my first, what I call legitimate deal until about January of 2020. So that was when I kind of started my, you know, I had my ducks in a row. I knew what I was doing, mailing, marketing uh, consistently. So January of 2020 was my first note that I actually collected. January 2020. And I want to backtrack a little bit. Consistent mailing and marketing. Those are your words, not mine. So would you say that consistent mailing and marketing is what's you know driving your deals? Or has that been good for you? Like, Is that bringing you lots of business? Or how does it look when you consistently mail and market each month? Yeah. And luckily, I had the you know, six months leading up to January to kind of look back on because I was uh, mailing, you know, 500 letters to this county, another 200 to this county, wasn't being laser focused, wasn't being very specific as to where I was mailing. But once I actually started mailing a consistent number every day, the software I use is drips it out. So I mail, depending on how swamped I want myself, my intake manager to be, I mail between 20 and 35 letters a day, every day, Monday through Sunday. They go out, and once I actually got on track to do that, there's always some deal in the pipeline ready to go. I'm never out of inventory. Sometimes I have too much, which is why you bought some land for me because I decided I was going to wholesale some house so I could buy the rest in my in my queue. So that is a huge thing. They teach in just about any education program you take when it comes to land. They teach that there's some kind of a recipe, right? You know, and it usually has something to do with mailing and marketing, and then rinse and repeat. And it's so true. Once you are actually doing the same thing on schedule time frame, you'll be surprised what just the deals that come in your door. Like, okay, this is cool. Here we go. I love it. And yeah, you gave me a great deal, and I'm I still on cloud nine. You know, uh-huh. seeing how fast these things are selling. So yep. let me know when you get some more, or actually, let me know when you get too many. <laughs> Perfect. You- We're just getting ready to kick out another big mailer, so you never know. There you go. And you hit it on the head. It sounds to me like you're mailing Monday through Sunday, no breaks every single day of the week. Yep. Exactly. I, I find that when I do stop, life gets in the way and you forget to get going again. So um, there's a couple of different software systems out there that will help you just drip it out. So like what I end up doing is when I decide I'm going to mail a specific area of a county, because so I do everything in areas. I don't just shotgun things. I, I pick specific areas. Once I get that list dialed in, usually it's between 1,000 and 5,000 names. I put it on autopilot and I forget about it for two or three months. And then I just work with the deal flow as it comes in. That has been absolutely amazing. It makes it so much easier. And it's just one thing that's checked off my plate. And it's one thing that I have to spend two or three hours once every two to three months doing. I feel like a broken record with this, but I just want to I just want to mention it because you've hit something like huge and like it puts a ping to my heart when you say you know you automated it yep. it's done no matter like if you're on vacation or at the firehouse mm-hmm. i mean you don't even have to think about it that's how we get things done like i'm not a huge tech guy i don't understand a lot of that stuff but i understand that there is somebody out there that knows how to do something better than i do like we're trying out land speed right now with uh, howard zonder and it's been incredible. Like my virtual assistant, he's got, I think, 26 a day going out. And we just finished the campaign Saturday. So he's now 
looking up what the properties are worth and coming up with the offer letters. So that is getting done. We're using a little bit of automation and delegation at the same time. Someone's still running that software. Uh, however, it's getting done, whether I'm working or I'm not working or I'm sleeping or reading a book. Tell us what, what software program do you use for your, your automation? So right now I am using Pebble from the REI conversion guys. They actually end up building my website. And the nice thing is, is Pebble will interact with my website. So as I bring leads into Pebble and property information, I click a button and it posts it over to my website. So it kind of, again, automation cuts down on some of the, uh, some of the steps. That is incredible. I've never even heard of those. So yeah, they're brand new. I think they launched Pebble two or three months ago. So it's, it's brand spanking new. Here we are on the cutting edge of technology. Exactly. So, Paul, how many transactions have you done? I mean, you started pretty much about a year and a half ago. You really started pushing this in January. How many transactions would you say you completed? I have completed 49 sales to date. Wow. 49 sales in less than, well, what, 11 months? Yep. In about 11 months. Yep. Let's just call 10 because I'm not a math magician. So roughly almost 4.9 deals per month is what you're doing. How has that changed your trajectory as far as financial freedom? Uh, it is on the path to change it greatly. The interesting thing about firefighters is we have pensions, but they put a time frame on it. So I can't collect anything until I'm 50. So I have 10 years left of working, but that's going to cut seven years off of that. Technically, I have to go to 57. But now that we've got this business up and running, and I can only imagine where it's going to go in 10 years, I'll actually be able to leave and take a lower pension at 50 because I'm going to have this nice little passive income stream on the backside waiting to cover any gaps that uh, might be lacking there. So that was the main one of the main reasons why I have been looking for some type of a side business, something to do in retirement. I mean, they say retirement, but in actuality, uh, it's kind of like the kiss of death when you say retirement. I, I feel that you should always be doing something. It doesn't necessarily need to be working for someone, but you need to have something that you're doing. So never, ever really retire. And that was kind of one of my other reasons for trying to find something that uh you know jump into and land was just want that niche and land and i clicked so i'm just so fortunate that i found it and loving to see where it goes next i totally agree with that never retire always be building and creating and helping others improving their lives improving other lives eventually you know you stop doing it to pay the bills when that passive income reaches or surpasses your monthly payments or you pay your house off and you have no car loan now it's okay how can I contribute, you know, meet those, those basic needs that Tony Robbins always talks about contribution and growth. And I'm 100% on board with that. You also said something else is land click with you. I couldn't agree with that more. That's exactly me. Cause you know, we're flipping houses and have rentals. We still have rentals buying and wholesaling houses. And there's just something didn't click with me of having to go to another stinky cat pee house or sit on the couch and talk <laughs> to the seller and kind of like plug my nose and not breathe for 30 yeah. or 45 minutes. Lance, have you ever had to go to somebody's house and sit on their dirty couch and feel like you're breathing in asbestos while you're buying a piece of land or selling a piece of land? No. What did they say? Land, there's no renters, rehabs, renovations, or rodents. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that that was a, like my father-in-law. The other reason, too, is my father-in-law and I have been talking about starting a business together. He's owned a tool business for years, and we'd always talked about flipping houses because he is super handy with a tool. He can go in and fix something up. No, no big deal. But we just flipping houses, having to go there, talk to people, a lot more money involved, a lot more time, a lot more effort. 
we never quite got that off the ground. Now, he's getting ready to retire, and he's getting ready to jump on with the uh, hopefully with the land business here. So I love that. That's exactly. amazing. That's that's really cool when you get your father. You said your father-in-law, right? Yeah, my father-in-law. Yep. Yeah, my dad uh, in the land business, and I couldn't be prouder as a son. I try to get him into so many businesses, uh, <laughs> maybe five or six MLMs, uh, mm-hmm. maybe house house flipping. <laughs> and totally. he never meant for any of it. I think he just let his son learn. Uh, you know, like the MLM business, like kind of like we were talking when you first started with land, it's like you heard mailing and marketing. It's like, oh, no, that's not for me. It yeah. sounds like an MLM. But my dad is on, I think, his 31st land deal. Nice. I'm so proud of him. You know, I had something that I, I wanted to ask you. Oh, here it is. I, I was about to say, it slipped my mind for a second there. But are you just flipping all of your land or are you holding any of it and, and seller financing it for the passive income? Or do you just have a, you know, a mailing and marketing machine going and just selling them off to guys like me? Yeah. So I kind of do a three-pronged approach to the land that I have. So I'm going for terms, right? I want that passive income. That's the main thing. And I'm probably about 70% of my deals have been terms. The rest have been some one-off cash sales. And then once I get a bunch in an area, if I get four or five in an area, I'll wholesale one or two just to get a little extra income back in so that we can keep the deal machine going. And then I also offer on certain properties, uh, land arbitrage. So another investor comes in and they want to, you know, rent to own it just a little bit over the wholesale price. Cool. We can go that route as well. And again, that helps them out. So they've got time to get it on uh, terms or get a cash sale. And then it also helps me out because I'm still getting some passive on maybe a piece of property that I didn't really care to put too much time and effort into marketing. Because, you know, there's always those pieces of property where you get them and, you know, Nothing ever doesn't sell. Every every piece of land always sells, but there's just certain pieces of land you really don't care to put the time and effort into. And those are the ones I usually offer up for a land uh, arbitrage. But so I do kind of a three pronged approach, and uh, we'll see how that works. So far, it's been going good. And problem is, is uh, it starts running out of money really quick in this business. Yeah, I, I've had people reach out to me for land arbitrage, and just a you know, I, I love that you kind of broke it down there. It's you know, you sell a piece of land to another investor, another land investor, and they go out, they take the pictures, they do the due diligence or, or put it on their website and sell it for say three, $400 a month and they pay you a hundred dollars a month or... Exactly. So if you're doing it right, if you're, if you're doing it right, there's always the wholesale price. What you'd sell to another land investor, there's always that price. Usually the land art price is somewhere in between the cash price and that wholesale price. So pick a number and again, land the cool thing about land is it's what you and the buyer agree on for a price, right? Because it's such an inefficient market. So that's how I typically do it. I typically, if I'm going to land or something, pick a price right in between that, what they can get cash um, and then uh, what I could sell it for wholesale. That's amazing. Like you, you open yourself up to so many more buyers and really what we're going for is the passive lifestyle. So exactly. I never too much time into a piece of land. We don't go and see this land. I mean, we've had some parcels of land that are within 30 minutes of us. We'll actually meet the buyer if they ask us to on the land once they've made their down payment and their dock fee, but we'll never go out and meet them. So we're always trying to do keep our business as passive as possible. So if you can get help from other land investors, that's an amazing. Exactly. Yep. That's, that's kind of the way I feel about it too. So 70 percent terms. Where about are you at? Like what's your passive income each month? Uh, you know, I think we just hit 28 or 3000 per month. Unfortunately, because in the beginning I was so off track, I did a lot of land ARP. So 
I think true passive is probably around 2400 The rest is going to some Landar payments. But yeah, 2400 it gets to go right back into the business and keep things growing. $2,400 a month, plus you're a full-time firefighter. Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. You know, that's that's way more than my mortgage payment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my mortgage payment is covered. So uh, for the next five years, if everything stopped, my mortgage payment is covered. So can't complain about that. I love it. That's awesome. I, I love hearing that because when we first started, whenever... I mean, we haven't been doing this too much longer than you. I mean, I did my first land flips in 2016. I did not start seller financing my land until April, 2018. So we started to build a passive side after we had flipped multiple parcels of land and saw like, okay, oh my goodness, I just let that go at 50 cents on the dollar, but I bought it at such a massive discount. Mm-hmm. I still made a ton of money. Right. So it changed my life. However, I was looking at it, I was like, okay, what if I got $300 a month passive income just to cover my student loans? So we sold our first one on passive and, and we're still getting that same exact check today. It was for 50, 52 and a half months and it's 534. So that covered my student loans and some of our car payment. And then, then I was like, hey, what if, and I, this is me talking to my wife, Emily, I was like, what if we can cover student loans? And then your car payment. And then before we knew it, we we're taking care of that. And then it's like, okay, what if we what if we cover all of our payments? And we're more than two, three times that now. But it's amazing how fast this grows. It's just I've never seen anything like it. I can attest. We we own I don't know how many rental houses. I think we have almost like 37 doors, but none of those things provide the net passive income that land provides for us. And we don't really like buying rentals. However, it, it does offset some of the taxes we have to pay to Uncle Sam. So it's easier just to pay, pay for a rental with that money <laughs> than right. send it to the IRS each month. Well, hey, Paul, what would you say is the most creative land deal you've ever done? Uh, create, you know, it's probably my first one, which was kind of odd because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. The buyer or the seller of that piece of line, uh, land actually happened to live right off the freeway in, in an area that I drive through on my way home from work. So he said he got like four letters in the mail that week to purchase his land. And because I lived close to him, he picked me and, uh, he wanted to meet. So, you know, Three hours later, after meeting him, uh, you know, they got to hear his life story and everything else. Got that deal done, and then I'm like, okay, shoot, now what do I do? And the funny thing is, is I was kind of doing this on the sly because you know I'm trying to. I didn't want to tell the wife that I'm spending all this money doing things. And it's like, ah, oh, I want to make sure this works first. So she's like, why are you three three hours late coming home? I was like, oh, you know, late getting off work, whatever. So did that, made it all work out. And then when I went to sell it, again, I had no idea about pricing. My pricing was all wrong. So I'm pretty sure I sold it for about five or six grand less than I should have. But a guy offered me cash. I'm like, oh, I'll take it. Well, how do we do this? And then at that point, it was just a scramble to try and figure out how in the world to take $10,000 cash from a guy that you know I had no system set up or anything. So that's kind of the one that sticks in my mind is just being able to think on the fly, figure it out. And that's the one thing to take away from the land business is dirt you're selling. So there's no such thing as a land emergency. And as long as you're buying it at the right price, there's almost nothing that can go wrong. Almost nothing that can go wrong with buying and selling raw vacant land. So there's no emergency. Take your time. It's going to be there no matter what. 
I like it. I really like that you pointed that out because that's so true. I mean, we've made so many mistakes buying parcels of land, but we've we've always got our money back. You know, there was once or twice where we broke even and we probably didn't need to sell the land so fast. But in the beginning, I would freak out and like try and sell it within like a week or two because I was using rent money and, and grocery money. Like right. I, I didn't get that that money back because yeah. kind of like your wife, like, why are you coming home late? Exactly. <laughs> Why didn't we pay the mortgage this month? <laughs> exactly. But no, that you definitely um, you definitely hit it on the head there. And you know, I had the the biggest one we've done so far where someone brought us cash, which is really weird when people bring you like all these hundred dollar bills. We actually had a guy bring us a bag um, that had all one hundred dollar bills, and I actually had my realtor help me out on that one because I was like, okay. This is getting a little crazy. And we bought one of those fire boxes. You ever seen one of those? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you probably pull those out of houses all, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Does it work? Uh, they do up until a certain point, And then that box gets so hot that it starts to char the stuff inside. So, uh, okay. so they only work for so long. Well, so for a while there, we were keeping a little cash in the house. And then it got to the point where it's like, okay. I'm hiding this box and I'm hoping no one finds it. So when I started getting a little paranoid about that, we started putting more of it in in the bank. Obviously we would always report it to the bookkeeper because, you know, we're in a highly real estate's a highly audited business. So we we run everything on QuickBooks, but sometimes it's fun to keep some of that cash because that's real money. It feels real tangible rather than something in the bank account. And it makes it really fun. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. It's nice to have a check or a wad of cash. Like, what do we do with this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul, it's it's been really fun. Last question I'm going to ask you, what advice would you give to the person listening and thinking about getting started building passive income or just, you know, investing in land? What advice would you give them? Stop sitting on the sidelines and do it. But there are about a half a dozen educators in the land flipping business. Um, You can get some stuff. If you Google enough, you'll figure out how to do this. However, if you really want to make this a business, and I guarantee it, this business does work. Pick the educator that you resonate the most with, go through the training, and then take action. And the other thing with that is you just need to set one goal per day to move your business along. And before you know it, in a year down the road, you know if you set one goal per day, that's 365 goals that you'll meet per year, your business is going to take off. It can't not, um, as long as you're following whatever recipe that the educator you're following teaches. Just get off the sidelines and get going. It works. That's incredible. So take immediate action, educate yourself, but don't just educate, take the action steps. So you can't hire a coach and they say, Hey, do 15 push-ups and not do the 15 push-ups. <laughs> you know, the answers, you just got to do what the coach is telling you. And I love the fact that you said one goal a day, because I started catching myself doing that. I was like, okay, what is the most important thing that I have to do today? Because if I do it before, say, 9 a.m., everything else is downhill. You know, I get that one goal out of the way and the to-do list becomes not as, I guess, anxiety producing because I got the most important thing done. Now, if, you know, if an emergency happens or if I come to my office and I just hang out with the team all day, if I don't get anything else done, it's still a success. Exactly. So I, that's powerful. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for joining me. If you're interested in getting started on your way to generating passive income through land, head over to Wholesaling Inc. 
wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash land and schedule a call with me. We'll hop on a short call together and discuss your real estate investing goals. And if it sounds like we're a great fit, I'd be honored to help you on your land investing journey. And I'll see you next time, Land Sharks. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.